I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A new set of leaders has been elected, and they've got their work cut out for them, beginning with our long marginalized farmers and fisher folk. How will the administration stand up for them? Marine advocates have some answers for them. I'm Macy Hoven, Puma Podcast. In this episode of Teka Teka, we talk about local and foreign initiatives that keep fishing communities safe and their livelihoods secure, and most importantly, sustain the Earth's resources. Every year, the Philippines is struck by an average of 20 typhoons, leaving thousands of casualties behind. With climate change intensifying, scientists foresee an increase in the frequency of such calamities, as well as the Earth's temperature. But nature has its own answers to these problems. Three of them are marine ecosystems, namely seagrass, coral reefs, and mangroves. Seagrass are flowering plants. We are very familiar with the kogun or shorter grasses. They really are like that. If you go down to the sea, the first thing again that you will encounter in the water are those seagrasses. That was Dr. Miguel Fortes, a seagrass expert and former professor of marine science at the University of the Philippines. He was speaking in our other podcast titled Climate Smart Fisheries. For example, in a community fronting the sea, you have the seagrasses, you have the coral reefs, and you have the mangroves. So all of the three ecosystems are the lines of defense, especially in relation to tsunami, tidal waves, strong waves and wind. Coral reef is the first line of defense. It's the first line that is really preventing very strong waves. But if there are no coral reefs, the seagrass assume that function. And if there are no seagrasses, then the mangroves assume that function. One of the legislative bills still pending in Congress is the National Coastal Greenbelt Bill. This bill aims to shield Filipinos from the impacts of climate change by lining the coasts with these marine ecosystems. It is a belt all over the country, coast, composed of maritime forest or the terrestrial forest very close to the sea, the mangroves, and I added seagrass because the original proposal did not include seagrass. But I defended it and they accepted it. I hope it will be approved soon because of the realization of the role of these plants in protecting our coasts. The bill seeks to rehabilitate and plant existing and new forests at least 100 meters in width from the sea towards the land. If the next president signs this into law, these buffers will not only protect communities from calamities, but also reduce large amounts of carbon in the atmosphere as seagrass and mangroves are two of the world's blue carbon ecosystems. Here's how Dr. Fertes explains blue carbon. Blue carbon is the carbon that is captured or sequestered by coastal habitats. Seagrasses 
are very effective in capturing carbon in carbon dioxide, cleaning the air that we breathe, and then they store them in their tissues and especially in the sediments for not just hundreds but even thousands of years. Estimate is seagrass and mangrove are 100 times more effective in sequestering carbon than terrestrial forests. 270,000 cars running in the roads of the Philippines. The Philippines can also take pointers from neighboring countries, Indonesia and Palau. In 2021, Indonesia promised the international community at the UN Climate Change Conference that it would rehabilitate 600,000 hectares of mangroves by 2024. Palau, for its part, has designated 80% of its exclusive economic zone or EEZ waters as a marine protected area. This is called the Palau National Marine Sanctuary, where fishing activities and extraction of natural resources are not allowed. This helps keep fishing sustainable in the long run. Iseka Williander and Elung Hideos, a youth representative and a researcher from environmental organization Abil Society, respectively, say this law is rooted in Palau's tradition of bull. Conserving something is a traditional practice where if the leaders notice that like important resources were depleting, like fish in the coral reef, then they would tell the people in the community not to fish in that area anymore until it's safe again or until they repopulate it. Replenish. Replenish, yes. <laughs> I think for Palau to be a small island and already doing these big initiatives like 80% of the EEZ being uh, protected and uh, a sanctuary, that can help, I guess, bigger, larger countries to wake up and uh, become more active in what they're saying and what are the strategies that they're coming up with. We need to be able to make sure that there is resources for our future generations. And that's part of what we've learned from our culture too. Like it's not just our resources, it's for the future. Also, I just wanna say that like in camp and in our research program. According to the Philippine Statistics Authority, fishers are one of the poorest sectors of society. And yet we rely on them so much. With proper management, funding, and more environmental laws in place, the next administration may be able to help improve their quality of life and ensure that our country becomes more climate resilient in the years to come. Muli, ako po si Macy Hoven, Puma Podcast. If you liked this episode, check out our podcast, Climate Smart Fisheries, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. This episode was produced by me and edited by Presh Capistrano. Follow Teka Teka and Puma Podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Maraming salamat po.